This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk about the latest dairy controversy. The United States is claiming a win and Canada is claiming a win. We sort through all the disagreements and come up with what's actually happening. We also have a look at the Canola Council of Canada. They have received 1.8 federal 1.8 million dollars in federal funds APAS has a year ender and we have a look at that and the farm weather is at the bottom of the hour this is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain helping growers contract any type of grain call 1-800-324-7778 The ink is barely dry on the new NAFTA agreement, but Canada has lost a dispute with the U.S. over dairy products. A panel looking at the dispute sided partly with the United States. The three-member panel was made up of a diplomat from Uruguay, a Canadian lawyer, and a U.S. trade lawyer. The report was released to the two countries just before Christmas, and a full version of the report came out this week. Dairy was a hard-fought issue in securing the new NAFTA. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack says it's clear... Canada wasn't following the rules when it comes to dairy. It means that we're going to have an opportunity for the USMCA to be enforced and to be implemented as intended as it relates to dairy and opportunities in Canada. When the agreement was reached, I think the U.S. dairy industry believed in good faith that they would have greater access to the Canadian market by virtue of increased tariff rate quotas. The Canadians utilized a process that made it more difficult for those quotas to be met for dairy products. And as a result, the agreement, in our view, was not being enforced the way it was intended. I think what's important about this ruling is that we're going to be able to sell more U.S. dairy products in Canada across the board because these quotas will now be recognized. But I think that there's a larger message here. We're going to focus on enforcement of trade agreements so that people can begin having trust when a trade agreement is reached that U.S. interests will be protected and defended. And these agreements will be implemented as negotiated. And so I think it's an important ruling from that perspective. The White House says Canada now has a few weeks to comply with the ruling or face the possibility of a tariff. The manager of policy and communications with Sask Milk, Joy Smith, says the ruling should have little impact in Saskatchewan. In its simplest terms, what this means is that the panel, while acknowledging that Canada has the ability to issue that market access to whoever they want, processors, retailers, or whatever, what they've said is that Canada, the, the methodology that Canada was using to do that was wrong. It, it was not in line with the agreement. And so what they've said is you can't use this sort of pooled method. It's like, it was like a reservation pool for processors to draw this access from. They've said you can't do that. You have to have a method that's more directly allocating, basically. And so now Canada has to go away and come up with a new methodology to issue those those market access pieces. And so that's what Canada's going to do. They've already formed a group to do that, obviously. And 
uh, they've got until February or longer if the parties agree to come up with this new method of doing this. What this decision doesn't mean is that Canada wasn't blocking access. The, the, the U.S. didn't like the methodology we were using. They thought perhaps it was too complicated or it was too, you know, <laughs> too specific to processors or something. But that's not what the panel decided. In particular, it's really important that the panel actually did and the U.S. actually acknowledged that Canada does have its own sovereignty to give that market access to who they wanted. And Canada is still very committed to ensuring that most of that access goes to processors because that supports Canadian processors' economic activity and jobs and that kind of thing. So that's pretty much where we're at. And we're just waiting for them to work on this new methodology and come up with this new methodology. Will this have much impact on Saskatchewan producers? It really shouldn't. And the reason for that is because when we're looking at things like where that market access goes to, whether it goes to the grocery store or to the processor or further processor, it's still product that's coming in. And so that access is already given that those products are already coming in and those aren't products that Canadian farmers are producing. So what that means is that it's not really going to change much of anything from a producer perspective because that market access is already gone, whether it's coming into processors or directly to stores. What it does mean, though, is, is that, you know, Canada's farmers continue to support the Canadian processors. That's where Canadian jobs economic activity, taxes, the whole thing. That's why we've always supported the processors in getting some of that market access from the government. And the government agrees that that's important. Joy Smith is the manager of policy and communications with Sask Milk. Coming up, she discusses the outlook for Saskatchewan dairy producers in 2022. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca There are price increases announced this year for milk producers in Saskatchewan. The manager of policy and communications with Sask Milk, Joy Smith, says producers have been granted roughly a 6% increase in their prices from the Canadian Dairy Commission, partly due to rising costs. Well, uh, Jim, you know, like everyone else, his farmers have been facing some really serious cost increases in their input costs. Feed, in particular, you know how this last crop year was, and feed and those kinds of things have been very expensive, very big cost increases. So it's, it's been a bit of a rough go this year, and we're hoping that things will improve a bit in 2022. It's always so difficult, Jim, to speak to to cost increases because we all know that costs are going up and none of us like to see the, you know, the kind of cost inflation that we're seeing. But the reality is that that the increases that farmers are going to get at the farm gate are not even still going to cover off the increases that they've had on farm. It's just not. It can't. The other piece that really... We really, we we want to continue to make sure that farmers can continue to get the things that they need to do the job and to milk the cows and all of that kind of thing. And so it's, this is why we had to have the increase. Over the last year, you might have seen 
grocery store prices for dairy going up quite a lot in store, but the fact is that the farmers don't see those increases. The farmers only get a price increase for their milk once a year. Once a year is it, that's when they get a price increase. So it, instead of gradual over the year or something like that, it, it happens once a year, and that's what it is that the CDC announced. So any, you know, and people are saying, well, my cost of, you know, butter went up 10% over the last year, but the farmers did not see that increase. That was that was somewhere else that that cost increase went. So farmers only get that increase once a year. Their costs are going up significantly. They're hoping that this will, will cover things off and we'll be able to, to carry on. How much did the Dairy Commission raise rates? It's, again, it's a bit of a complicated system, but, you know, it's, it's going to translate to a 6% possibly increase for farmers on what they get. So that's what the, the CDC announced was their annual rate. And that, that varies a little bit by product to product and depending on the percentage of butter fat that product takes. So that's why I say it's complicated because if there's more butter fat in a product, it's got a little more of the cost increase. And if it's got less butter fat in the product, it gets a little less of the cost increase. Joy Smith is the manager of policy and communications with Sask Milk. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by the Chief Commissioner of the Canadian Grain Commission, Mr. Doug Chorney. Doug, how are you? I'm fine, man. Nice to be with you today, Sean. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. So uh, you put out uh, some proposed changes to grade and dockage dispute resolution. Let, let's start off right at the hop. Uh, what are those suggested changes? Well, we aren't really uh, framing it in the sense that there's a a predetermined plan. We just are taking feedback that was provided to the uh, process of consultation that happened on the broader Canada Grain Act uh, issue earlier this year and trying to restart the discussion on specific changes that could be made within regulations to the dispute resolution process that has served farmers for many years quite well, but perhaps needs a refresh to reflect the way grain is transactional, transactionally handled uh, when it's bought uh, uh, by by grain companies today. And and what are those su- suggestions that were, were laid out? What some uh, stakeholders suggested is that they find the process of having to trigger a subject to inspector's grade and dockage process at the point of delivery with each load doesn't really manage their, their situation very well. Often contracts are going to contain several... Um, hundreds of tons uh, in, a, in a particular delivery period with, would, would be delivered over several days. At, at the time, uh, there may not be knowledge of, of the grade assessment because a lot of grain is now hauled by uh, custom uh, trucking companies and farmers aren't there themselves to see the assessment that's done at the time of delivery. And producers would like to see a little more time to first find out how their assessment for grade and dockage has been made and then determine if they want to trigger a process. So there's a, a potential time window there that uh, would have to be triggered. And then other times we also hear farmers say that the sample that's retained isn't large enough. 
our inspectors believe you need to have a full kilogram, thousand um, grams of, of, of sample to do a proper assessment. And that's, that's more than often is stored. So we want to ask, uh, you know, to have that uh, be a provision so that if a dispute is triggered uh, in the coming days, that that sample is available to be used uh, for the process. Now, people are being asked to provide commentary uh, up until February 28th. If these changes are accepted or there's support for them, um, they came out of the Canada Green Act review consultations. Can these changes be made without having to go through the legislative process? Correct. So this embraces our spirit of continuous improvement, and these are changes that we can de- take uh, on action on before the act is amended. So because we've actually been working on this for quite some time, we wanted to get the process started because we don't really know what the parliamentary schedule is for amendments to the act, but we'll be ready for that when that happens. But in the meantime, we don't want to be standing still and we want to show our stakeholders that we're listening to them and that we're, we're responsive. Are elevators equipped to store 1,000 gram samples from any truckload? I can't speak for the elevators uh, uh, or the, you know, um, companies that buy grain. I, I do have knowledge that there are samples retained. In terms of physical space in each facility, it would you know, have to be considered. And that's one of the things we want to hear back from, from the people who purchase grain to see if that is a practical um, approach. We want to come up with a process that makes sense for everybody and accomplishes the goal of, of satisfying the concerns that uh, have been brought forward. So, yeah, it'll be different with every facility, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, we'll have to work to, to find a way to make this make this uh, practical for everybody. Another question that was brought up to me by somebody listening in the audience yesterday was, uh, how do you ensure the, the sample is not cross-contaminated or tampered with prior to the inspection being requested? Yeah, that's a very good uh, question. And often what we hear from uh, farmers when they do request a sample be retained is, Inadequate packages are available. Either it's too big, it's too small, it's not sealed. They don't know if it can be tamper-proof. That's, I think, something worth exploring. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high minus 30, the low minus 34, with temperature rising to minus 25 by morning. Windchill minus 48 this evening and minus 39 overnight. Frostbite in minutes. Friday, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high minus 12 tomorrow. Windchill minus 39 in the morning, minus 23 in the afternoon. Risk of frostbite, the low minus 25. Saturday, sunny and windy. The high minus 22, the low minus 27. Sunday, sunny. The high minus 22, the low minus 27. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 6. Wednesday, partly cloudy, and the high forecast, 0.
The normal is high as minus 11, the normal low minus 23. And the sun rose at 8.58 this morning. It sets at 5.11 tonight. Around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek in the southwest corner at minus 21 degrees. The cold spot up north, Spiritwood, the northern end of the grain belt at minus 37. Esteban is minus 31, Saskatoon minus 36, Swift Current minus 28, Weyburn minus 33, Yorkton minus 32. Regina, the sky is clear, minus 35 degrees, that's 30 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southwest at 6. Humidity 64%, the wind chill right now, minus 42. Humidity dropping 103.3. Sunny and Moose Jaw, minus 32. Winds are from the southeast at 8. Once again, Regina, clear and minus 35. That's 30 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The federal government recently invested more than $1.8 million through the agri-marketing program into the Canola Council of Canada. Canola Council President Jim Everson says it will support canola market access and promotion. Well, we're really important, right? So we export 90% of the canola we grow in Canada. So access to global markets is is just critical. And as you know, um, you know, agricultural trade is one of those areas where protectionism is uh, all too common, unfortunately. And so it's an area where we constantly have to be vigilant. And in canola, you know, it's it's really a, a higher calling, I think, than in some crops, um, it, because Canada is responsible for 65% of the world trade in, in canola and rape, rapeseed globally. So, you know, there's there's not that many other uh, traders. Australia is a trader, but you know, most of the production in Europe and, and China is used domestically in those countries. So, they're, so they're not active on global markets. So, when it comes to market access issues. For canola, it's really Canada and the Canola Council and the Government of Canada who, you know, who who have to really be vigilant all the time in working on these kinds of market access issues. Everson sees growth for canola sales on the domestic front as well. Yeah, for sure, it's very exciting, and you've got Richardson expanding their their plant in Yorkton um, as one of those as one of those announcements. So that's really good news for for the city there. Um, yeah, we see domestically, um, especially on the renewable fuel side. So the government of Canada is, as part of its um, efforts to reduce, uh, to, to commit to climate change, to reduce GHG emissions, is looking at a clean fuel regulation, which would incentivize fuel retailers in Canada to use a low-carbon feedstocks in their in their fuel. So for can for canola, the key there is diesel um, production. And um, canola has got is a really good low carbon um, product when it's turned into a renewable fuel, and so um, that has helped. Um, in Canada, we see that regulation will drive more demand for canola, and the same is happening in the United States, where there's quite a lot of investment by refiners and so on in the United States looking at the renewable fuels down there. 
So both of those should lead to to greater demand for, for canola. And, you know, the demand for canola globally is pretty strong. Everson is confident enough canola will be produced in the coming years to keep up with demand. So that's key for us. You know, we certainly want to increase production of canola. We want to increase not, not acreage as much as certainly um, the intensity of our production. So we are... Um, you know, our strategic plan for the industry calls for an average across the West of 52 bushels an acre of canola. You know, if there's some parts of, of the West where they're they're achieving that regularly now, and there's other parts that are below that, and we're that's a that's a target we've set in order to increase production to keep keep pace with demand. So we're very confident of the demand, and and the key is to help uh, help producers and help the industry to to achieve that that intensification of production. But it's a big issue, and irrespective of that, I think the demand increases the value of canola. So it's a good news story for the industry and for producers, irrespective of, of, of how much more we can, we, can, we can produce. The Canadian Light Source at the University of Saskatchewan has just announced they've completed research on using canola meal pellets as an eco-friendly alternative to coal and natural gas for both heat and energy, and it's ready to move to scaled-up pellet production and commercialization. Boy, that's exciting. That's interesting. You know, there there are there are certainly other uses. There's a lot of effort being put into how to use um, canola protein, you know, the protein side of the seed for human, you know, food ingredients and for other um, for other animals. We we feed a lot of our meal to the dairy industry, for example, and a lot of research and effort being put into other areas. So it all helps, you know, and I think it all builds the value of canola. Um, it, when these kinds of uh, opportunities uh, play them, you know, turn out to to work. Jim Everson is president of the Canola Council of Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. APAS President Todd Lewis is optimistic for farming in 2022. Lewis's 2021 was a drought year, and he's hoping there will be more moisture in the coming year. Well, I think on you know on the cropping side uh, and livestock, it's all going to be about the moisture. We're going to see uh, increased opportunity, of course, for with the higher commodity prices uh, on the grain side. That that uh, if a fellow can't have a good crop or an average crop next year at these prices, that could be potentially a pretty good financial year as you plan things out. In the background, the increased uh, input costs, you know, going into next spring and putting the crop in is going to be riskier just because of the increased uh, money we're going to have to put in there and into many fields that are going to be questionable that there's going to be enough moisture to, to, to uh, even get that money back, let alone uh, make a profit on it. So, so it's going to be a high risk kind of situation for producers going forward. You know, I think on the policy side, we're going to see crop insurance probably have some record coverage levels and, and with that, some record premiums. So, that's going to be part of the story, I think, you know, as of February, March, but that's how insurance works. We're going to be insuring for a higher number. So, of course, you're going to see higher premiums. But, you know, I think that's just all part of the business of agriculture and this is cyclical. And, and uh, you know, we're sure going to hope that uh, the rains do come and uh, that's really going to be the silver lining for the industry next year if we can get some moisture and uh, get back to average yields. Saskatchewan is always called next year country and it looks like you're hoping next year could be a banner year for farmers as long as it rains. I think that's probably the story now and as I say uh, 
the cautious optimism with the input costs and so on and availability of inputs. And, you know, COVID is really the wild card as far as supply chains and really the weather too. I mean, uh, the flooding we've seen in, in British Columbia, I mean, has affected uh, our grain transportation. We've We've got a little bit of elasticity in it just because of uh, the lower amounts that have to be shipped. But, you know, it's it's going to be uh, interesting throughout the winter if uh, these rain events and snow events continue and so on, how, how much that does affect rain movement. And, you know, the railroads have done a great job of getting the track back up and running. But, you know, what place is uh, grain movement going to be in the in the overall supply chain when, when there's such a backup and thing of containers as well. And the container traffic is also a big concern as far as container availability for a lot of our crops that go into export position, that they are shipped by container. And in many cases, these containers have gone up in costs and, and even the availability of them isn't there. So, so there's lots of clouds on the horizon too, and let's hope some of those clouds have rain them. So you're cautiously optimistic, best way to put it. I think so, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's agriculture in a nutshell, isn't it? Really, uh, we wouldn't be in this business if uh, we didn't have some optimism and so on and some hope of better times coming forward. So I think, really, I think overall the, the message is for producers, uh, mental health is a big part of it, big part of the conversation anymore. And, uh, you know, I think as we see some financial tightening in some areas of the province, you know, mental health is a big part of it. And uh, talk to your lenders, but uh, look after your own health as well and, and ensure that everybody has a safe and coming growing season as well as, a, you know, an enjoyable Christmas season and uh, spend some time with friends and family. And uh, hopefully we'll get through this next wave of COVID, whatever the new variant is and, and uh, how things are going to pan out that way. But I think overall, I think cautious optimism is is really uh, across the province. A lot of people are looking forward to a better year next year, and, and it's always next year country in Saskatchewan. doesn't matter if you're a football fan or, or, <laughs> or a farmer. So I think, you know, next year we're going to uh, hopefully have, as I say, more moisture, and that's what everybody's looking forward to. A past president, Todd Lewis, spoke to 620 CKRM's Agri-News in a year-end interview. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 90 cents at 994.92. One red spring wheat went down 996 at 42092. The rest were unchanged. Durham 72611. Feed barley 38364. Flax 147059. Lentils 98650. Oats 59153. Yellow peas 63289. And feed wheat 26165. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell 15 and a half cents at 9.32 and three quarters cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotations. Hello, Cattleman, Jr. for Heartland Livestock Service Yorkton with your mark report for the week of January 5th. Real nice round to start off the new year with 1,980 in the pre-sort and 257 in the regular sale for a total of 2,237. Well, the feeder market kicked off the new year with a bang. The market was much higher in all classes. Here are a few highlights. Buckskin steers, 641 pounds at 226.50. 716 weights at 217 and a quarter. 786 pounds at 213.50. And their big brothers, 855 pounds at a buck 94. 
On the block steers, 500 pounds at 244. 640 weights, 225.50. 713 weights, 212. And their big block brothers at 866, a buck 90. On the red X steers, 516 weights at 238. 640 weights at 225.50. 713 weights at 209. And the 860 weight red X big boys at 202. On the heifer trade, we saw all classes up 5 to 10 cents. They're still back 20 to 25 cents from their brothers. On the cow trade this week was under a little pressure. The quality of the cows was down. This last two weeks, the cold weather has been hard on all livestock. 135 cows average 64 and a half with a high of 78. D1, D2 cows 68 to 73. D3 cows 56 to 64. Your heifer vets have 85 to 90 with a high of 98. 17 big bulls this week average 96 with a high of a dollar four. Cattlemen, we're having our first bred cow sale on January 14th at 11 a.m. This cow sale is full with 400 cows listed. There's four complete herd dispersals in this sale. A powerful set of cows coming to town for this one. Please go to our website for pictures and more information. Our pre-sort for next week is filling up fast, so give us a call to book your cattle. We are having pre-sorts every week throughout the winter and spring. Once again, this has been Junior for Heartland Yorkton. Thank you and have a great day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 172.25 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Nature Conservancy of Canada has acquired just under 4,000 acres of new conservation land in Saskatchewan on the east side of Chaplin Lake, which is part of a Western Hemisphere shorebird reserve network site. Spokesperson Michael Burak says Canada only has three of these shorebird reserve network sites, with the other two on the east and west coast. This one is unusual because it isn't near the sea. Chaplin Lake is the second largest saline lake in Canada. The area gets this designation because of the number of species of migratory shorebirds that will use the lake and adjacent land. Burak points to the sanderling, which is a small wading bird which nests in the Arctic and uses the Chaplin Lake area as a stop-off point on its way to and from as far away as South America. Some of the species at risk which can be found in the newly acquired conservation land are the chestnut-collared longspur and the ferruginous hawk. The Nature Conservancy now helps to conserve more than 489,000 acres of the province's most ecologically significant land and water. On the markets, the TSX is up 84 points to 21,124. The Dow has fallen 81 points to 36,325. Oil has gained $1.98 to 79.83 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 22 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.61 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.